When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's the amazing Rico Bronya podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. All right, everybody. How we doing? We're all feeling all right. We're all feeling good. The Mets suck. That's the latest. Welcome to another edition of the Mets still suck here on Rico Bronya. They have somehow managed to lose two out of three to yet another crappy baseball team as they lose two out of three to the Cincinnati Reds. They manage in the final two games of this series to eke out a two-to-one victory and then get shut out by the Cincinnati Reds bullpen. By the bullpen. Okay, they didn't get shut out by Clayton Kershaw. They didn't get shut out by Garrett Cole. They didn't even get shut out by Nick Lodolo if he actually made this start. They literally got shut down on a bullpen day by the Cincinnati Reds. The Mets have lost many games this season. They are now 18 and 20. If I was going to rank the 20 losses, if I was going to take the losses you understand to the losses that are beyond pathetic, to the losses that sort of piss you off, the finale of this three-game series against the Cincinnati Reds at Great American Ballpark, to me, is an easy number one. This was pathetic. And I sat there and watched half of this game with my old partner, Joe Beningo, because it was an afternoon game. Craig is off. Joe is filling in. And we both got to be disgusted together. But right from the get-go, this game was disgusting. And no, 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 no. I don't even mean Kodai Senga. And we'll spend a lot of time on Senga and Scherzer and Verlander and Peterson and the rest of this decrepit rotation. We will get to that. But here's what kills me about the finale of this three-game series. When Kodai Senga has a very unlucky to bad first inning, in which he didn't give up a lot of hard contact, I'll be the first to admit it, it was a very unlucky inning. But nevertheless, he gave up four runs in the first inning. That's what happened. That's the reality of what we saw. The New York Mets still had eight more innings. They had 24 more outs to attack Derek Law and Blake Lively. I know it's not Blake Lively. Isn't Blake Lively? What is Blake Lively? Is she an actress or something? Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, That's what it is? Okay. It was Ben Lively. Yeah. I, I don't know why. It just it is what it is. Lucas Sims, Jimmy Herget. The Mets had 24 outs to attack that bullpen. And in the top of the first inning, even before Kodai Senga gave up the four runs, the Mets had a chance against Derek Law who's a journeyman reliever, to, I don't know, score some effing runs. Like, this could have been like last year, you know, where Brandon Nemo has a 10-pitch at-bat, works a walk, 
where Lindor ropes a double up the alley, where Starling Marte has a pulse. And the Mets could have jumped all over Derek Law. And you know what this game could have been and should have been? Yeah, Kodai Senga gave up a few runs. Yeah, Kodai Senga gave up a home run. Yeah, it was mediocre. But the Mets could have won this game 8-5. to five. That's the reality. They should have pounded this garbage pitching they played on Thursday afternoon. Pounded it. So I, I apologize. I'm taking a break from my normal, hey, I've got confidence in the lineup. Hey, it's not their biggest concern. It's pitching, 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 pitching. And we'll get to the crappy pitching. Don't worry. We have plenty of time to bitch until we're done bitching. But what really killed me about this game is how the limp offense did nothing against the entire Cincinnati bullpen. And even the night before, when they played game two of this series and Verlander was brilliant, look what the Met offense did. Look what they did. Pete Alonso, it's this bomb of a home run. It was fantastic. Quickly tied the game up because, of course, the Mets were losing in the first inning. Of course. And that's what they do. The 2023 Mets were always losing in the first inning. And then Brandon Nimmo comes through with a very clutch two-out RBI single after Luis Guillorme had a double. And Alvarez had a really good at-bat to draw a walk. And so that was great. Alonzo home run, the rally in the fourth inning. But if you look at the rest of this game, from the third inning where they did nothing, to the fifth inning where they did nothing, to the sixth inning where they did nothing, to the eighth inning where they had a two-out rally and did nothing, to even the ninth inning. In the ninth inning, they are set up. They have the leadoff man on base with the heart of the order coming up, and they did nothing. And luckily, luckily, thank you. Thank you to Justin Verlander, and thank you to Adam Adovino, and thank you to David Robertson, who's been incredible this year. They were somehow able to make two measly effing runs against Hunter Green and a cavalcade out of the Cincinnati bullpen hold up. So I know that I've spent a lot of time arguing with Pete and talking on this pod how it's the pitching, it's the pitching, that's their problem. And by the way, I stand by that. It is the pitching. But over the last 48 hours, I have to call out this garbage. I mean, how can I not? Like, I'm not, I don't have an agenda. I react to what I see. I'm a diehard Met fan like everybody else listening. There's no agenda here. The offense over the last two nights against the Cincinnati Reds was putrid. And too often with this offense, they disappear. They have been shut out more than any other team in Major League Baseball. Now, will they mix in some games where they score six or seven runs? Yeah, they mix those bad boys in. Unfortunately, they mixed it in in the opener of the series, but six wasn't enough because they lost seven six. But the two days that wrapped up this series, one in a win, the other in an absolute downright pathetic showing on a Thursday afternoon in front of 850 people was deeply, deeply concerning. And so we all need to have a conversation. There's that fine line between they're going through a rough patch and maybe they're not that good. And unfortunately, in the middle of May, we're all going to have that. We're all going to have that emotional kind of battle between it's a slump, it's bad. Like the old saying is, you're never as bad as you are when you're slumping. You're never as good as you are when you're hot. But, man, oh, man, this is tough to watch. And it's tough to watch against bad team after bad team after bad team. So we'll go more into these games. We'll break them down a little bit more. But just a a quick overall state of the crap we're watching. It's deeply concerning. That's the headline. That's my two words, Pete. It's deeply concerning. Print it. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, that's going to be the title of this podcast. Deeply concerning. But I, I have to uh, agree, disagree a little bit on some things here. I do have faith that things will change for certain players. The problem is, it's Pete Alonso, it's Francisco Lindor that are going to turn around and they're going to start performing better. But that's not enough. Like, we've sat here now for two years waiting for certain people to explode, to really start adding to it. And they're just never, it's never going to happen. And it's like, I don't want to pile on and say, you know, we just got to blow things up. That's not the case. But I'm tired of what, watching what was built last year and say, oh, well, we're going to bring it back. It'll, it'll be just as good. That's, that's not the case. It's, it's old. It's tired. It wasn't all that good last year. And now we're sitting and watching going, what's wrong? They oh, Some players overperformed or some things were better. Like Leuski or May is a great defender, but that's not going to save games this year. We need offense. It's well, not the, happening. The problem is right now, outside of David Robertson, who has had just an outstanding season, he has made us, I don't want to say forget about Edwin Diaz, because the truth is David Robertson was signed to be an eighth inning guy. So if Edwin Diaz is Edwin Diaz and David Robertson is having the year he's having, the Mets have a deeper bullpen, and that's great. But other than David Robertson, everything about this team has not been as good as last year, like every aspect of it. Uh, offensively, they haven't been as good as they were last year, and the starting pitching is abysmal. I and mean, that's just let we got to call it out. Like the starting pitching, even if this was an offense putting up the numbers of a year ago, right? Let's just say fictitiously the Mets were in the kind of same ranks they were a year ago. They were fifth in Major League Baseball and run scored. Let's say that was all happening. And Starling Marte was last year's Starling Marte. Say all that was happening. This team would still not be good enough because they can't pitch. Because even, and I guess you could argue I bury the lead on the finale of this series, Kodai Senga didn't pitch well enough. Kodai Senga gave up four runs in the first inning. And I'll give him credit in that he had a clean second, he had a clean third, he had a clean fourth. He gives up the run in the fifth inning. Not that it mattered. Four runs, five runs, what the hell's the difference? Tweedledee, Tweedledum, they weren't scoring enough. So I'll give him credit that he was able to give him five innings so the Mets didn't have to go to the bullpen in the first inning as Tommy Hunter was warming up. But five innings, five runs is not good enough. That is not good enough. When David Peterson is called upon to make the start for Max Scherzer, three and a third innings, four runs, is not good enough. And we talked about this after the Colorado series with Joey Lucchese. When you go to your bullpen in the fourth and fifth inning, you are naturally going to bring in pitchers who are not good enough. Now, in the case of the finale against Cincinnati, Tommy Hunter did a good job. Not that it freaking mattered because the Mets couldn't score any runs. Dominic Leone did a good job. But more times than not, they're not going to do a good job because the underbelly of your bullpen is normally not good. Like for most teams, it's not good. And yeah, last year they had Trevor Williams and that was a great thing to have. But you cannot live in a world, unless you're scoring runs at an absurd level, like Tampa's put up this year, scoring six runs a game. We all wonder why. 
you can't win that way. And right now, the starting pitching is completely, utterly unsustainable. Now, I'm glad that Kodai Senga pitched and they didn't have to give him five extra days of rest. And I'm glad that Francisco Alvarez caught him because it is becoming painfully obvious for poor Pug Showalter. And now he's got no choice because Tomas Nito's got dry eye syndrome and he's on the IL. Alvarez has to catch every single day. Like, we already knew that for a few weeks, but it's painfully obvious. And if Senga struggled because he didn't have a connection with Alvarez, here's what I would say to Kodai Senga. Get effing used to it. That's what I tell him. There's a pitch clock. Get used to it. There's a different baseball. Get used to it. Pitching on normal rest. Get used to it. And I'll tell you why you better pitch on normal rest, Kodai, because David Peterson is an abomination. Like, I'm all for giving David Peterson another opportunity. He earned it last year. I can't watch him pitch anymore. So before the Mets get any cute ideas, let's say Max is healthy and Max is able to pitch this weekend. Oh, I got a great idea. Since the Mets don't have an off day, we'll just keep Peterson in the rotation. We'll keep him in so we can give Kodai an extra day. F that. No more extra days. And if he struggles in five days, he struggles in five days. He's got to figure it out. Because right now, you can't afford to pitch David Peterson anymore. Like, I understand why he pitched Tuesday, because Max Scherzer is hurt. Every part of his body hurts, so they have to start somebody. But David Peterson is abysmal. The guy can't throw a first-pitch strike. He has no idea where his pitchers are going. He is, he's got to go back to the minors. And even when he was in the minor leagues, the one start he made, Pete, he walked like five guys. So it's not like he figured it out down in Syracuse. No, and I am happy about Francisco Alvarez catching Kodai Senga. Maybe you give Kodai a, p- a pass today for that. But let's be serious. Would his numbers been so different with Tomas Nito? He's still giving up four runs at every every outing. He's still walking four or five batters again. Like it's nothing's changing with Kodai. I'm not saying that if this is all Kodai Senga's fault. What I am saying is right now he's adjusting to major leagues. It may take him the full year before he becomes amazing, or he's just a number three pitcher. Well, I, I'm not. Here's the thing with Senga, because we've seen some good from Kodai. We've seen some bad. He puts too many guys on base. We discussed that after the Colorado game. But the guy went out and threw six scoreless innings. And quite frankly, I don't care how you get there. If you go six scoreless innings, I'd sign for that. I mean, we'd all sign for that in blood right now. Like, who are we kidding? Six scoreless innings? You can walk eight guys in six innings. I don't give a rat's ass. Get me through six scoreless innings. I've seen a lot of good out of Kodai. I've seen a lot of bad. The game against the Reds, the finale on Thursday, was frustrating because I'd admit he wasn't getting pummeled. There was a lot of bad luck that contributed to that first inning, and he was able to fight through it and give you the second, third, and fourth. And the truth is, if the Met offense had a pulse in this game, if the Met offense hit the red bullpen and would scratch out a run in the first, two in the second, a run in the fourth, we would have looked at Sanga's performance differently. It's true. It's true. Even though we've given up caring about wins and losses, I think we still care sometimes based on how an offense does. Because I really mean this. If the Met offense did what I actually thought they would do, we would look at Senga's five-inning five run and say, well, you know what? He got out of that first inning. He settled in. He gave him five. And he, quote-unquote, kept him in the game. That's exactly what we would say. Wouldn't say it's a great performance. I'm not trying to say we'd put him in the Hall of Fame. But we would use that phrase. He kept them in the game. And then the Met offense did their thing. When the offense does nothing, we don't get to say that cute thing. We don't get to say he kept us in the game. We just rip the first inning, talk about his four ERA, and we all move on. Because that's why the finale was a, that was a team effort. That was a team effort of failure. 
I, I was that was pile everything together, and that's failure. 